All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, man, what's going on? It's Bill Burris. Time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in to see how the fuck you're doing. How your week's going? Oh, who's kidding who? I'm just here to run my fucking mouth for whatever the hell you're doing right now. What are you, huh? What, where are you? You're going to the gym. Oh, I don't want to go to the fucking gym. That's a normal thought. No one wants to go to the gym, right? You want to sit on the couch, order a pizza, side order a cupcakes, a little fucking hair on, right? You want to have a grand old fucking time. You know, I don't want to be sacrilegious here, but what kind of an asshole is God that he made pizza... Cupcakes and heroin, bad for you. Couldn't just make it easy, could he? Nope. Couldn't do it. He's always been big on the diet, huh? What's so fucking funny is it's like, he's like, don't eat the apple, which is actually good for you. And then he sends us out of, out of paradise, you know? Because the second you tell a broad not to do something, and she fucking goes. Sorry, I know a bunch of pedophiles wrote that story and they had issues with, you know, women with hair around their privates. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I didn't write the story. They did. Okay? Um, anyway, uh, Jesus, where do you go from there? You can't eat, don't eat the fucking apple, which is actually good for you. You can stay in paradise. Then you got to actually have yourself a healthy thing then he banishes out, and then when we go out here, it's like, maybe that's part of the hell. Is that what it is? It's so fucking stupid. You know? But I have to be honest with you, when you really look at all the shit that's happened in the last five years, blaming everything wrong in the world on, white, on a white woman is, you know, kind of tracks. <laughs> that's my goal, people, to be able to laugh without hacking. Ever since I've had pneumonia, I haven't been able to do it. I got over the pneumonia, but that has lingered. Probably because once I was cured of pneumonia, I went back to smoking cigars. Stupid. So, um, I'm on it though, dude. I'm on it. I got them all stacked up. Next time I go over to the comedy store, I got like 20, 25, 68 cigars. I don't know how many I got. Uh, Going to do a big dump. Do not take a shit. I'm dumping the cigars off. I'm getting them out of my life. All right? Not 100% though. I'm going to be that fucking guy, man. 
I'm going to be that guy that can have the occasional cigar. Ooh, ooh, half a line of cocaine just in case there's fucking fentanyl in it, right? I'm going to be that guy. No. I never mess with the toot, as they used to call it. Riding the rail, right? Um, the fuck else did they say back then? Oh, he's riding the rail this weekend. The fuck, there was another one too. That was sort of unique to my area. I don't fucking know. All I know is my generation was told that Len Bias took cocaine one time and died. And then the Lakers could win back-to-back championships. As opposed, you know, I swear to God, if Larry Bird didn't blacktop his own fucking driveway and Len Bias didn't overdose on cocaine, I mean, first of all, the Detroit Pistons would not even exist. (laughs) That would have been sayonara to them. No matter how much they took your legs out when you left the floor. Um, one of the most overrated teams of all time, the Detroit Pistons. Oh, yeah. I'm coming for you today. 89-90. Whatever the fuck they were. 88-89. Was 88? Was 91-92-93 was the Bulls. 94-95 was Houston. 96-97-8 Bulls. Yeah, so it was 89-90 was the Pistons. Um, I'm fucking with you. I know it was a great team, but like their whole, their whole bullshit with now they're like sitting there acting like they're rubbing their chins and like, yeah, man, we were playing this. We were playing a mind game, man. Nah, no, you weren't. You were waiting for guys to leave their feet and you were taking them out. <laughs> so the best player landed on his fucking head and then you didn't have to deal with them because who's kidding who? You weren't better than they were. That's what it was. That's, I've never respected that kind of play where it's just like, you guys are better than us, so now what we're going to do is deliberately injure your best players and beat you down to our level. And, uh, you know, and then the announcers always say, I'll tell you, you don't like the guy, but you'd love him if he was on your team. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. So, sorry. I'm drinking a protein smoothie. You're not getting enough protein. You're cutting right now, so you need to feed your muscles. I've been doing a great thing, though. I've been staying away from the fucking sugar. I don't even, I don't even fuck with it. The other night, you know, I go to this place uh, 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 where they sell all the balloons and all of that crap. My daughter loves balloons. And for whatever reason, they have, like, movie candy there, right? And it's like fucking, you can get five boxes like the big movie size for a dollar a whack if you get five of them. So we were going to go see Fatso, right? The whale. And uh, so I go and I get that shit, right? And I just ate a bunch of it. And I, it was amazing. Like I, I kind of took the ride with the main character. Like the self-loathing. And then you start crashing and then I was binging again. I mean, it's such a fucking drug. Um, I was experiencing that, that movie on two levels. It was like interactive. You know, like they try to do that with that, that movie with the, the fucking stretched out blue people. Whatever that movie is, and for whatever fucking reason, they decided to make another one. You know? I like how they waited like almost 20 years like it was fucking Star Wars. You know? <laughs> the fuck is It's like Blue Man Group in outer space. Whatever they call it, The Smurfs. With giantism. Um, I just remember the first one. I was rooting for the army. <laughs> It was weirding me out. 
It was weirded me out. I'll be honest with you. I got weirded out when I saw the first one. And then also, like, I knew it, was go- it wasn't going to be good. So I went with all of, like, the bells and whistles. Like, you wear the 3D glasses and your fucking seat shakes, you know? Some ushers behind you slapping you in the head. Like, every fucking thing they could possibly do to make that thing. And I just sat there. I was like, I could give a fucking shit about these things. Here's the thing. If they were actually real, if we actually, you know, the day they actually cast, why aren't real Martians playing Martians? We need real aliens to play aliens. Be funny if Donald Trump was casting that, then he would just get a bunch of uh, illegals that came in from the Mexican border. (laughs) That's what, that's, that's what the liberals wanted. This is the greatest movie ever. I'm the greatest casting director ever. (coughs) Um, But uh, the Oscars are this Sunday. And uh, I saw, oh my God, I keep forgetting the name of this fucking movie I saw. And I absolutely loved it. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. What happened? Oh, I see. That's my personal trainer. Oh, yeah. Soak that in. That's how Hollywood I am now. I have a personal trainer. And for the longest time, I was like, I'm not fucking doing it. I don't need a fucking personal trainer. All right? I've been going to the gym since 1985. I know what you do. You walk in there. You, you do your arms in a circle a couple of times. You do a couple of twisties at the waist. Some jumping jacks. And then you walk over there with your Larry Bird shorts, the towel around your neck, tucked in to your, to your fucking Rocky sweatshirt that you cut the hood off. Maybe the sleeves too, Bill Belichick style, right? And what do you do? You bench press every fucking time. <laughs> That's all it was about. Does anybody even say that anymore? That was a big fucking deal. What are you benching? That was my favorite line in Boogie Nights, what do you bench? They had that line too in, um, what did I just say it was called? Moon Dogs. It wasn't Moon Dogs. The fuck did that come from? The Moon Dogs. They were a wrestling crew. Why the fuck am I thinking Moon? It's like that, that one that made Ben Affleck and Damon a star. And Robin Williams. You know the one. Breaks into the cars. She gets in the fight. Cole Hauser. Goodwill hunting. Moon dogs. What the fuck was. <coughs> um, wait a second. I'll figure that out later why that came to me like that. Anyway, when they were, when Damon, Matt Damon's character was asking Robin Williams' character what he benched, and, and Robin Williams' character said he benched 260. That took me out of the, out of the fucking movie. That woke up some muscle memory from the 80s. I would say, this fucking guy did bench 260. Yeah, why don't you go down to fucking Gold's and do it? I want to see it. Fucking 260. 160, maybe, on a fucking good day. Huh? You fucking bearded cocksucker. 260. That was definitely improvised. Um, Although, you know... Robin had those fucking hairy forearms. He had those Popeye. He played Popeye. You never know. Those shorter guys, though, they could always bench more because it was a shorter distance. 
That's what I was always told, or like doing pull-ups. That's what's amazing about Zidane Chara. The guy can bang out like 40 pull-ups and he's eight feet tall. Can you imagine when he was back in his home country, whatever the fuck he was from, right? Czechoslovakia, Prague. Maybe he was walking around Prague. He was probably hanging off a fucking bridge at 15. Couldn't put a pull-up bar high enough in his apartment out there in Prague. You know how Eastern Europe is with those fucking buildings. They look like they're going to fall down, but they're not. You know, those fucking angled stairways. I'm just fucking with you guys. I mean, this is what this is. This is an old school thing that I do. Is I trash cities that I'm going to. Um, I'm going to be going to Prague later on this year. On that, oh, sorry, just a little internal burp there. On, um, I got a European tour coming up. That's going to begin in Prague. And it's going to end in Athens, Greece. You know? I don't know when we're going to announce it, but I'm announcing it now. I don't know why you can't announce it. Maybe because I'm institutionalized for all these years working with Netflix. Netflix always says, don't say what you're doing until we tell you when to say it, what it is that you're doing. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a nice, fun run through Europe and uh, I am very excited about that and some other dates and some of my shows went on pre-sale uh, ticket sales were, were amazing so thank you to everybody that bought tickets old Freckles gets to again this year not have a real job which really was the goal a lot of people get into this business because they have this creative thing they just have to get out of them like I remember hearing the story of Michael Jackson one time he was in he was in the studio and he was he was uh he was recording one of his big hits. Who can it be now? Boo doo doo. That was him, right? And um, at the end of the track, he had to run out into the hall and and dance it out of him, whatever feeling he had. Now that that's a fucking artist. Okay, you can have that in this business. When he wasn't riding that little choo choo train around his property, that right there, <laughs> or climbing trees with eight year olds, that was a fucking. That was an artist. And then you can have all the way down to me. All right? Who's a guy who tried out the real world? Oh, I did. I packed a lunch. I went to that building every fucking Monday through Friday for a couple of fucking years. I tried. You know, I tried blue-collar jobs. I sucked at that. I liked the vibe better, you know, because you, you sort of weren't sitting at a desk. Um, I tried the suit and tie thing. I tried them all. I tried sales. I, I was a dental assistant. I got certified to take x-rays. I got my license to sell health insurance. Oh, I, I did it all. I tried. And I was like, I, I, I don't like, this is work. I don't want to fucking do this. I don't want to do this. So that's the only reason why I do stand-up comedy. It's not even because I like comedy. I just don't want to go to the same fucking building. That's what I kind of liked about sales. My favorite part about sales was not selling somebody. It was the in-between part, was driving to the, the next appointment when it was the middle of the workday and I was out driving around. That was, my, that was always my favorite part. I had a job washing windows, you know, on like houses and stuff like that. Your fucking fingers would go numb with those, those storm windows. Some old lady would finally get her fucking windows wash for the first time since the fucking Korean conflict and you'd be sitting there trying to get them going like your index finger you had to switch by the, by the end of the day you were out of fingers you're down to your pinkies trying to get them going you know you're using two fingers um, 
sounding vaguely graphic. I'm talking about opening windows, you fucking perverts. So uh, my favorite part of that job was driving between each job. When like it was a, we had it over the summer. It was a summer day. My buddy had this great, he had a Ford F-150, four-wheel drive, brand new, like an 88 in that iconic silver. And I thought that truck was fucking gorgeous. Always wanted one of those. You know, it's funny. I ordered, I ordered an F-250 last summer. Hey, fucking Ford Motor Company, when are you going to have the robots take 11 minutes out of their day and slap that thing together? So I could drive around town and act like I know how to fix things. I'm dressing the part too. I'm gonna get a flannel. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna go to a. Uh, I'm gonna go to a fucking. Uh, uh, what, what, what's those smelly stores with the old clothes? Vintage store, right? Oh my god! You can literally smell the people that died in those clothes. <laughs> Although I will tell you, I went into one of those the other day because my wife. Want to go, oh, let's go in there. They usually have all cute things in there. And I go in there like, oh, my God. Can't, how, how can't you smell somebody's dead grandmother in here? It's the combination of the smell, and then you go up to the register, and they literally have brooches. Oh, is there anything creepier than estate jewelry? I always just picture the swollen, knuckled finger that they pulled the ring off of when they came over there. The person had been dead for four days, and the cat was eating her face because there was no more fucking cat food around. Sorry. Um, that's what I think about when I go into a vintage store. Other people go in there and they're like, hey, man, you know what? I'm going to dress like the lead guitarist in an English, an underrated English rock band from the 80s. That's what they, and they go in there and they sort of get a coat that's kind of a World War I German coat, but not really. You can also throw it over a suit, you know? Or you get some suspenders and some leather pants and no shirt, and then you throw the fucking the Nazi overcoat over you, you know, and then you got to have a nip, nipple ring to tie the whole thing together. That was, that was a big, you know, and then have a poor excuse for a fucking uh, mohawk and some of those uh, Seattle, uh, what were they? The, uh, not Rick and Barker. What were those fucking boots that everybody had with the stitching on the side? You know, the ones, the ones that comics, comics used to wear when I, when I, when I moved to New York, comics who wore those, those fucking shoes, whatever they were, they didn't like comics that had high energy. They thought that we were hacks, performers, because they were writers, and they would come out there in their shoes with the stitching down the side, and they would just stand there and do their jokes, and they would kill, but they wouldn't kill like a performer, and it always bugged them, because their jokes were better than our jokes, and they knew it, you know? But we were up there like fucking uh, Tony Robbins, you know, with a headset, selling the shit out of our shit. <laughs> Sweating, screaming, falling down, doing whatever the fuck we had to do. Why? Because we wanted to make you laugh and make you forget about your troubles? No. Because we didn't want to go back to the real world. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Anyway, I am coughing less. Oh, Jesus. Um, anyway, I watched the Celtics yesterday beat the fuck out of the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers have not won the NBA championship, I believe, since 1977, which I also believe was the last year Led Zeppelin toured the United States of America. 
In other words, what I'm saying is, is they're in a bit of a drought. 46 fucking years. Those guys, like, what did they do? What did they fucking, that's like some poltergeist shit. Like, I don't know what they built their stadium on. But um, the amount of talented people that they drafted and then they just get these inexplicable fucking injuries. Like, Sam Bowie was unbelievable. Was he at Kansas or was he at Kentucky? It's one of those K schools. Um, Every kiss begins with K. What were those fucking cars, those Band-Aid colored cars that those chicks used to drive around? Mary Kay Cosmetics. There's another job I would have tried out if I didn't become a comedian. All right, and I wouldn't enjoy selling rouge to a fucking 84-year-old. What I would enjoy would be the drive over to the person's house. Oh, my God. I would fucking spray perfume. I would put perfume right in my mustache before I walked in there so I wouldn't smell her impending death of that, you know, when you walk in, you know? I guess none of you guys had a paper route. Paper route's like an old, that's like a fucking churn and butter kind of job. I used to have, I had a paper route from third grade until ninth grade. And I remember you knew what customers were going to die on your paper route. <laughs> you just knew when you walked in their house, you know, or if you walked into the house and everybody was young, but you smelt death, they were like, all right, their Nana's in the basement or it's up in the attic. One or the other, one or the other, they got, they got somebody moved in either their grandfather or grandmother died. And then the other one moved in and they're downstairs and they've begun the process of dying. I can smell it. Please pay me and get me the fuck out of here. This is, this is killing. And they would always have the heat cranked. When you had a dying relative in your house, I don't care if it was July, they had the fucking heat on. Oh, Billy, do you want to come in? No, that's good. That's, I'm good. I'm good out here. No, oh, but it's raining. I like the rain. Shines up my freckles. Um, anywho, uh, let me see. I saw this movie. Let me, let me see. I think I, I, you know, the, the, it was just too difficult to say. The Banshees of Inishurin. I hope I'm saying it right. Um, I watched that the other night with Nia and just absolutely fucking love that movie. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are incredible. And then there's this other kid in there, Barry, I'm going to say it wrong, Keoghan or whatever, absolutely blew me away. Kerry Condon playing the sister. Um. Uh, that's that it was kind of an instant classic one of those ones i'm just going to go back to when i'm in that kind of mood where um i don't know watch the movie i'm not going to say what it was about but uh what i love about the two main characters is i've been both of them uh at some point in my life not to the extreme that brendan gleason goes to but like definitely uh it's about a friendship that's kind of um Got to a difficult place. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So I watched the, uh, what was I? I'm talking about the Portland Trailblazers. And then they got uh, Greg Oden, who was just unstoppable at Ohio State. Big 10, legit basketball, you know? And then they fucking draft him, and he had like some fucking like microscopic fracture of his knee. They paid him all of this money. Could have picked him or Kevin Durant. Let me see what the draft... Oh, these are always crazy. This is like the worst thing a sports fan can do 
is is go and they look up NBA draft Greg Odin. Dude, Greg Odin is just, he's only 34 fucking years old. 35 years old. Unbelievable. All right, Greg Odin, Kevin Durant. That was the big thing that year. Who you going to pick? And the Seattle Supersonics. At that point, we'll call the Seattle Sonics. All right, the 2007 NBA draft. Let's see. It went as follows. This is the worst thing you can do as a sports fan because then you be like, why the fuck did they take this guy when this other guy was still available? Draft selections. Number one, Greg Oden was selected first overall by the Portland Trailblazers but was plagued with knee injuries and retired after seven seasons. Um, I mean, he was a fucking man-child. The career that kid would have had. Kevin Durant was selected second by the Seattle Supersonics and is considered to be one of the greatest scorers of all time, winning the 2014 MVP, back-to-back final and finals MVPs in 2017 and 18. I didn't know he got the finals MVP. Al Horford, what a fucking draft, was selected third overall by the Atlanta Hawks and has been named to five all-star teams. He's going to get a championship this year, hopefully. Mike Conley. Uh, selected fourth. Oh, Joaquin Noah. When the fuck did that guy not show up to ball? Answer, never. Every night. Marcus Saul, Powell's brother. This is what kills me. Is this, what is it? Like two rounds of the NBA draft? This is the hardest fucking sport to make it in. There's two rounds. 60 people get drafted. That's it. Think about that. There's 64 teams in March Madness in the tournament every year. So that means there's like four entire teams that won't get drafted if they took one player. We we can do simple math. We can do simple math. Don't talk down to us. Don't you talk down to me with your simple math. Aren't you just a fucking high-thread count cunt? I really want to get that going. Oh, a little fucking... Harry, high thread count. That's not a good one. That's a high thread count. It's just tough. That's why that never that never stuck. Theodore thread count. Teddy thread count. Uh, I'm going to let that go. It'll come to me. Um, all right. I'm going to read a little bit of advertising. I should say I'm going to read a little bit of advertising. I'm not going to read a little. Oh, look at that picture. Where'd the other one go? That was when I took my daughter to her first and only Red Sox game. Airplanes over the years. Off we go. You know, I went to... Um, I did a nice flight the other day, man. This is the time of year to go fly. When it's rained like that this year, I'm telling you. I was talking to this guy the other day. I went to... Uh, my daughter went to a birthday party. And I was talking to the dad. And he was going like, yeah, it looks like Ireland out here, Portland, Oregon. It's amazing. And I was flying out. Um, this is fun time to go out too over like the ocean because the whales, ah, the whales, they're starting to migrate, whatever the fuck they're doing. I've only seen one ever. Looked like a glow stick because it was like noon and it was uh, really sunny out and it was just below the surface and the sun glistening off of it. 
That's all. It didn't look like a whale. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, do some whale shit. You know, bring your tail up and smash somebody's little boat. There's another thing, too. Hollywood has a lot of balls. You know, when you look at the casting, casting, why did I say it like that? The way they fucking wagged, I, I'll never get over that, the way they wagged their finger about social fucking issues. The shit that they've done with animals, the stereotypes that they've done with them. I just watched Serpico the other night with some buddies. My God. Fucking amazing movie. But the roles that black people have in it, there was a well, first woman, she's getting raped by like three black dudes. Uh, every black, like we were actually, we got like three quarters of the movie. I'm like, that is literally the first black guy that has not got, that I've seen in this movie that was not doing something illegal and then got arrested. <laughs> and then all these years later, they're like, hey, red states, why don't you get it together? Like we have it together. Um, you ever think that maybe a lot of the ways that they think about those people was because of the movies that you fucking liberal cunts made? You ever think about that? Oh, look at me trying to make points. All right, Simply Safe. You know, if you're a regular listener, you know, at my age, regular means something else, but I, I still have a young brain. I know what they're talking about here. You know, I always recommend Simply Safe Home Security, and I'm not the only one. And I'm not the only one. What was that? You may say, I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. Bada boo, boo, boo. But I'm not the only one. There it is. U.S. News recently named Simply Safe the best home security system of 2023. <laughs> Sorry, that was a tribute to fucking Yoko. And C CNET recently awarded. No, I'm sorry. In fact, I was like, I'm doing Yoko. So, <laughs> By the way, have I ever told you how much my neighbors hate me? And CNET recently awarded them their editor's choice for home security. They are main, there are many reasons why Simply Safe is trusted by experts and customers alike. Simply Safe is designed with cutting edge technology and backed by 24/7 professional monitoring. In an emergency in an emergency, use fast project tech protect technology only from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can get priority police dispatch um, 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under $1 a day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. You can lock and unlock your doors, access your camera, and arm and disarm your system from anywhere. You can be in fucking Prague on some crooked stairs. Locked, unlocked, locked, unlocked. You can do whatever you want. You can watch the guy come up the walk. You unlock it, huh? Can you make it? Can you make it? Oh, locked! What happened? I don't know if you can do that. Uh, CNET named Simply Safe Editor's Choice for 2023. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash burr. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off your order and interactive monitoring. That's simplysafe.com slash burr. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash burr. B-U-R-R. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm telling you, man, I have the best pause in podcast advertising reading. I'll fucking go up with any of them. I'll go up against the big dogs. Doesn't bother me. Um, hey, so my son's a little over two and a half now, so he's old enough, and I, just, I take him fucking everywhere now. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, 
it's just the best. And I got that idea from the late, great David Richardson, one of our writers on F is for Family. And when I was having a boy, he, he, he was telling me, he goes, oh, he goes, I used to take my son everywhere. I took him everywhere. And it just always stuck with me. I was thinking like, man, what a great dad. That's a great dad thing to do. And I immediately started doing it with my daughter because I never took my daughter anyway because she was my first. And I was just like, I mean, the paranoia that I fucking had. I remember sitting out on the front porch with her, you know, sitting, I got an old man rocking chair, you know, you got to do it, people. Just don't fight aging. Just do it. Okay. Get yourself a little button up sweater and a pipe and a rocking chair. So I'm sitting there, I'm on this rocking chair. And I, second I got out there and I sat in that chair, you know, finally became a dad so late in life. And I couldn't believe it. Overjoyed, overflowed with love. The second I sat down, the immediate, first thing I thought of was a bird of prey swooping in and trying to grab my daughter. And I pictured ripping the thing's legs off and stabbing it to death with its own talons. And like, do you remember when that fucking Nazi was stabbing that that Jewish army guy there and uh, saving Private Ryan? And he was talking to him before he did it. That's what I was going to do to the bird. (laughs) So needless to say, I didn't take her anywhere until... Uh, David Richardson, who I, I, I miss tremendously. Um, one of the darkest senses of humor of anybody I've ever met. Uh, him and Mark Wilmore. What a massive losses to comedy. Um, anyways, that's a sad way. Sad way to end, but I am thinking about death lately because uh, uh, my friend Diana uh, passed away. Um, Unreal. Every time I stretch now and roll out, I, I just, I'm, I'll, I'll never not think of her. If you didn't listen to my last podcast, she was my 75 year old masseuse, Jedi masseuse that got rid of my sciatic nerve problems, frozen shoulder, rotator cuff things. My back was like twisted. You know, I was all fucked up from lifting in the 80s. In the 80s. Um, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who actually introduced me to her. And we were laughing and I was saying about her, I was like, you know, if you lined up everybody that she helped in life and everybody that she told off, because she didn't take shit from anybody, like both lines would disappear over the horizon. (laughs) She was fucking hilarious and uh, one of the truly just great people I've ever met in my life. So once again, I'm still eulogizing her, rest her soul. All right, so that's the podcast. Please enjoy the music that the great Andrew Themelis picks out. And then we'll have a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. After this, I hope you guys have a great day and a wonderful weekend.
Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, March 9th, 2015. How's it going? How are you? Um, oh, Billy Bloodbath was fucking sick as a goddamn dog. I think all of uh, the world travel caught up to me. I had a sore throat. I think I got a bad case of fucking sauce. You know, I was over there in Southeast Asia. You know what I mean? You got to love the Asians. The second they start getting sick, what do they do? They walk around coughing all over everybody like they do here in America. Fuck no. They go out and they get themselves a surgical mask. God knows they're so goddamn smart. Half of them are probably in medical school, so they probably get them free of charge. But still, still consider it, right? I don't know. Maybe I fucking walked by somebody over there that wasn't wearing one who should have been like the one inconsiderate person in Hong Kong or Singapore or something. All I, you know what the reality was? As I went through all... <coughs> Jesus. And this is like the best I've felt in three days. And I know what you guys are going to say. Oh, you know what it is, Bill? It's just cigars. Well, fuck you. I don't need to hear it from you. Leonard Nimoy sent a tweet on his fucking deathbed that changed my world. All right? I'm, I'm done with the fuck. I'm not done with them, but I'm done with them. All right? I haven't smoked in, uh, what, two weeks? Oh, yeah. Why are you being so cunty? All right. It's good. That's good for me. It's good for me. You know? Two weeks without a stoke. 16 days I've gone. And uh, I'm good, man. I'm not going to smoke one until I do that the bus tour when I go down south, man. Go down there to them fucking swamp people. They down there. What are they doing? They're down there wrestling an alligator. Boy, what you doing? I see what you're doing. It was a rhetorical question. Why don't you go wade out into the swamp and see what you can catch with your foot, drag it back onto the beach, and I'll shoot it with a shotgun. Mom over there throwing a pot. What do you think? Huh? What do you think? Huh? Thank you. That little skit was called The Other White People. You know what I mean? When they're always trying to act like white people are all evil, running banks, you know? Just remember, some of them are in swamps shooting varmints so they can eat that night. That's what I learned this week when I just sat. I sat in bed. I laid in bed from fucking Thursday right through to yesterday. Sunday, I just stayed in bed. I fucking canceled everything. I was just, you know, canceled shows. You know, I was supposed to go on a picnic. I said I can't do that. You know, which really upset things because not only was I bringing the basket, I was also bringing a tablecloth. So my apologies. I'm kidding. I didn't have a picnic. You know, I'm thinking of a picnic because I, 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 uh, I saw this thing Louis Vuitton makes. They actually make this fucking little bar, this portable bar. This is when you know you're a booze hound, you know. You know, your wife's looking at some fucking, you know, whatever the fuck they look at in those stores. And you're like just thumbing through the catalog going, look at this overpriced bullshit, right? And all of a sudden you go, oh, wait a minute. They got a bar and you can bring it with you? Like that's like some old school shit before mothers against drinking and driving, before drinking and driving was even a problem. First of all, back in the day, it's like how many people even had cars, right? You know, there's barely any fucking roads. 
And they were all pretty much straight. Went right from the farmhouse right to downtown, right? There wasn't a problem. You made your booze at home anyways, right in your bathtub. There really wasn't a problem. So that was the thing. You had to bring your booze from home over to somebody else's. I don't, just, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I laid in bed for, uh, um, I don't know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and right into Sunday. And I watched a bunch of sports. And I watched a bunch of fucking movies. All from like the middle of the movie. <coughs> like I saw the middle of the Seth Rogen Neighbors movie. I saw that just about right after they had moved, the kids had moved in <clears throat> to the end of the movie. Then I flipped over. I kept missing like the first 20 minutes of every movie. I saw the Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson I don't know what happened. Somehow they ended up at this computer company. I saw that one. Uh, oh, and then I watched that whole fucking, that Robert Durst jinxed. Has anybody been watching that? It's about this fucking rich dude, right? This rich fella who, uh, he's just jinxed. Like everywhere he goes, like somebody dies. It's like murder, she wrote, except... This person's always the suspect. That was like the old joke with like murder she wrote. Like everywhere that woman went, there was always a murder, but she was never a suspect. Well, this guy, everywhere he went, there was a murder and he was always the suspect. I mean, this poor bastard, you know, somebody was always getting murdered in his vicinity. And they kept trying to pin it on him and they couldn't do it. Like his first wife. His first wife, he said, I took her down to the train station. And that's the last time I ever saw her. That was like 30 years ago. They never were able to pin that on him. He had some broad out in Cali living in L.A. Uh, they have him in the state of California, but he flew into northern California, way up north, like near Eureka. And so all they can do is put him in the state which is like saying, you know, there was a murder in South Carolina. Uh, yeah, well, I was in Massachusetts. I mean, that's how long that fucking state is. And then the last one was uh, he had a tenant. And that one he actually admitted to killing, but he said it was in self-defense. And he chopped up the body because he didn't think anybody was going to believe him. Um, you got to see this thing. And just the way the guy talks, he sounds like the guy who does the voiceover on the Cadbury egg, egg commercials, you know those, because when he's gone, they're gone. He sounded just like that, like he would just be going like, I never knowingly lied. I never, I never purposely, I never purposely lied about anything. I mean, telling the whole truth. I mean, nobody tells the whole truth, but... I never lied. I mean, sure, did I leave things out? You know, you ask yourself, if, if I leave this out because it won't be not the truth, but if I'm worried of how it will be interpreted that it could actually hurt me, then yes, you leave it out. But I never purposely, knowingly lied. You got to see this guy. 
And the more you watch this, sh- I mean, right off the bat, you're like, this fucking guy did this shit. And the more you watch it, you're just like, you don't go in the other direction. You're like, this guy, this guy really did this shit. This guy, without a doubt, how is this guy walking? Oh, that's right. He's, he's filthy, stinking rich. I watched that and I watched fucking people down in a swamp shooting gators. And this kid all nervous wanting to wrestle his first alligator. And I thought, I was like, Jesus Christ, he's going to get in the water with this fucking thing. And all it meant was when they got one on the line, trying to pull it into the boat without having that thing pull you over, pull you under. While your uncle sits there with the shotgun going, hold him still. And then they fucking blow its head off. I mean, what do you do with it? I mean, you're sitting there like, you got to shoot an alligator in the face. I mean, you got to think like his belly alone. You get those large scales on some shoes. I mean, there's pimps out there. They'll pay 12 grand a pair, right? Walking over to Tom Ford. Um, <clears throat> I never knowingly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that with my wife one time, right? <clears throat> when she sits there giving me shit about something. You know, you said you're going to be home at two. It's four in the morning. Hell, shit. I'm going to be like, look, I never purposefully, knowingly lied about when I was going to come home to you. Did I leave out some of the truths about buying the last 14 rounds? I mean, nobody tells the whole truth. Um, anyways, so uh, what else did I watch? I watched Carolina Duke. Duke, Duke, Duke. I watched that shit and just sat there enjoying that rivalry. And whenever I watch Duke Carolina or any big like college football game, is anybody else like this? Like, don't you, did you ever just wish like, man, I wish I studied, you know, I wish I studied in high school and actually got into a good college so I could follow a fucking, you know, like the college I went to had no fucking sports program. There's no way to follow. There's no way to follow. What do I do? You know what I mean? If you fucking go to Ohio State, like any fucking mouth-breathing jerk-off in, in, in the state of Ohio, it's a fucking state school. You can get in there. University of Michigan, just to be fair with that rivalry. If you, you, you could be living in a goddamn fucking cow patch on the upper peninsula of Michigan. You can go to the University of Michigan. All you got to do is, I don't know what you got to do. Fucking, you know, have like a fucking B minus average, maybe. And come stumbling onto that campus campus with your fucking uh, blue and maize poncho. And you're in the game. That little bus city they got there. This fucking campus is so big they got buses and shit. They got all these fucking schools. Well, you don't even have to be that smart to get into. Like USC, there's another one. If you just show up with a tan line, you get in at the school. And then for the rest of your fucking life, you get to, you get to kind of still be connected and root for the old team. You know, put on your raccoon fucking <laughs> floor-length coat. Rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, right? 23 skidoo, whatever the fuck they do. Call a Statue of Liberty play. You get to fucking hang in there. Fuck it. What the hell was I thinking? Why didn't I study? I never purposely didn't study or lie to my teachers. Um, 
No, it fucking kills me. Kills me that I, my adopted school is LSU, right? Like, that's, that's one of those schools that, like, you know, basically, if you just have teeth, they're going to let you in if you're in fucking Louisiana. And, you know, I know this is offending a lot of people, but the truth hurts. Those giant fucking schools, they have so many buildings. They have so much real estate. The fucking, the overhead they have just to keep that, just to keep the grass mowed. Anything with a pulse that's from that state that's walking in, they're taking your money. They don't give a fuck. Go ahead. Go, go buy a goddamn fucking Go Tigers t-shirt. Go, go fucking do that. And then, then they, they, they give it to the out-of-state people. Like, I actually would have been smart as an out-of-state student to get into LSU. All right, but if, if I lived in Louisiana, all right, if I was down there in the swamp, right, down there in the marsh, you know what I mean? With my fucking jeans all rolled up mid-calf down there trying to get some sidewinders and some fucking crawfish, whatever they do down there. I mean, you don't, have, you don't have time to fucking learn how to read in a fucking state like Louisiana. I mean, come on. We all Alabama, University of Alabama. I mean, in Auburn, Jesus Christ. They just have this invisible line. They're just trying to get people to learn how to read, even at, a, at, even at the college level. If you're just fucking somewhere, you know, they're just trying to get caught up just so they're still recognized as a state. Anybody in the northern part, you guys wear, you guys wear crimson, which is they, they think is so like, oh, my God, a fancy name for the word red, right? <laughs> they, they let them go to fucking Alabama. And then any animals left down south, they send them to Auburn. That's all it is. And then what they do is when out-of-state people show up, everybody fucking dresses up and they put on their saddle shoes and their fucking sweaters and then they jack up the prices. You know what I mean? Because someone like me, I came from a real state, Massachusetts. And you know, I'm used to schools like fucking Harvard and MIT. Like that's, like that's the high watermark of where I'm, where my head is at. Obviously, I'm going to think that you have to be smart to go to the University of Georgia. I've never been there. I don't realize that most of the people don't have running water in these states. So if I was to show up there, I would just be, you know, I, I would have to pay through the nose. So that's why I never, uh, I didn't study when I was in high school because I was like, well, there's no way I'm getting into Harvard. There's no way I'm getting into MIT and every other school, you know, here in fucking Massachusetts is just basically, uh, you know, let's get shit faced for four years, essentially, right? I got to pick one of these schools. Oh, and I went to all of them. I went to like three different schools in Massachusetts before I finally finished up, right? But I never went out of state because I, I just assumed that, you know, you had to be smart to get in those schools. Had I known, now that I've gone around, I've done stand up. At most of those schools, and I saw the 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 unbelievable uh, the horror of what is the educational system in this country. I mean, I mean, I think I would have studied. I wonder where I would have gone. What's funny is somebody's going to cut that up and they're going to put it on some fucking uh, returning uh, sophomore website or whatever the fuck thing, the incoming freshman thing. 
going to get fucking sued for uh, libel, maybe. And I'll just say it's, it's a comedy podcast. It was just jokes. I wasn't knowingly lying about your school. By the way, speaking of that type of shit, getting in trouble for shit that you say, I got to tell you something right now. Watching Kurt Schilling going after everybody who trolled his fucking daughter is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on the internet. I am, I am so like just loving every second of watching Kurt Schilling do that shit. That's the funniest shit ever. This, I, as far as I can tell, he's the first guy that ever f- flipped the light switch on and sent all the roaches running for the corners. All those tough-talking fucking... Sh- I mean, you know, these people are just fucking fucking around or whatever. And Schilling's going like, you know, I know all their names. I know where they live. I know where they work. And how he's going to shut them down. <coughs> And how these tweets are going to follow them for the rest of their lives. It's like, Kurt, you're not that important. It's not going to follow them for the rest of the life, for their lives, okay? It's very current, you know? And then it's going to be fucking over. I think it's going to be. But I actually think it's funny that every once in a while, you need that balance, you know? Just to keep trolls on their toes. I don't know. I think it's funny as fucking hell. I mean, God knows comedians get in trouble for everything every five seconds. Why, why can't trolls? Those fucking idiots. Hey, congratulations. They weren't even good jokes either. Congratulations to my daughter. She's going to be pitching at this school. And then somebody, huh, huh, I'm going to rape her. Huh, tweet. <laughs> then he loses his job at like fucking Papa John's. <laughs> He's sitting there crying in some empty pizza box. It was just a joke, man. I can't believe that guy with the fucking World Series rings is is taking my job, man. (coughs) So, I mean, the Yankees organization lost their fucking job. I think it's fucking, it's hilarious. You know, because they do it to entertainers all the fucking time. Anything we tweet all of a sudden is taken seriously. All of a sudden, you can't go Aflac or whatever the fuck people's jobs were. All of a sudden, you lose that million-dollar job. Well, good for you. Now you lose your fucking uh, working at Starbucks job. I don't know. I just think it's funny. I think it would be great. I think it would be great if every once in a while that happened to trolls. (coughs) Guys, I apologize, man. You know what happened? It was when I was really sick. I was cranking the heat like an asshole. And uh, not like an asshole. I was going through the fucking sweats and chills, sweats and chills. Right? It was like I was kicking heroin or something. And I was cranking the heat. And then my throat got unbelievably dry. And dry. I never knowingly had a dry throat. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop doing that. Um, and I never attributed it to the fact, I thought it was because I was sick and that I was actually, you know, I dried out the fucking air. And uh, last night I finally took out the old uh, humidifier and it changed my goddamn world. And you know something? I never would have thought to do that if I didn't try to get my pilot's license because I wouldn't have learned about the weather and moisture in the air or anything. I never would have understood it. It still would have been magic. Weather always blew my mind. 
that people could understand what was going on. I'm like, it was like air is invisible. That's one of the most, that's one, to me, that's one of the greatest accomplishments of human beings is being able to understand weather. Like, how the fuck? Somebody sat there and rather just enjoying the breeze, had to figure out why there was a breeze. Figured out somehow that that there was air more dense than other air. (laughs) And that high pressure wants to go to low pressure. And when you feel a breeze, that's fucking air moving from one system to another. Who the fuck has time to figure that out? Or maybe you're standing in 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 a fucking, I don't know, in an alley. And you're getting the fucking uh, Venturi effect like in a carburetor, right? Like who had the fucking, those fucking eggheads. You just got, you got to give it to them. But I got to tell you, we are, uh, despite how smart we are, we're too smart for our own fucking good. I I am convinced of that shit. I got to tell you, that's why that, that fucking fella there, you know, old pretzel man there. You know, with the computer voice, really annoys the shit out of me because he's re- the stuff he's predicting is is pretty basic, isn't it? He's basically predicting that we're going that we're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be we're going to hasten our own demise. It's just like, gee, gee, wow, how'd you come up with that? Because of every fucking thing we've ever done, you jerk off. So fucking sick. Everybody's so fucking blown away because he's got a computer voice. You know what I mean? They didn't treat Roger Ebert that way. All of a sudden, he didn't know every fucking thing about movies, did he? Why are we listening to this guy like he fucking knows everything? You know what? Because you feel bad for him? You know, maybe he was a cunt. He just don't know it now. Now he doesn't have the ability to do it. I bet he was a pompous ass. He's kind of like the original hater, isn't he? He's just fucking, he's kind of rather than doing it individually on Twitter, he's fucking doing it to the whole world. I love how there's people like that. It's just like, you know something? Why don't you fucking wheel yourself into Vegas, okay? And go make, and just fucking win every goddamn game. If you're this good about the future and shit, why don't you go bet on some fucking football games? Why don't you sit down at a blackjack table? All right, and just bust some casino out. Stop with your fucking oh, in your future, eh, the tidal wave's gonna shut up. Guy going around giving speeches. Unbelievable. Um. Anyways, ah, Jesus, that's a bad one. That was oh, Jesus, that was a bad. That, you know, I'm blaming that last one on cold medicine. Um. All right, this is this is the uh, this is the Monday morning podcast here, and. Um, I know it's a little late this morning, but uh, like I said, I'm trying to finish up that helicopter shit, and I had a lesson this morning, all right? I had to cancel two last week because I had whooping cough, and I had to go this morning. How did I fly? I actually flew pretty good. (coughs) I flew over the L.A. River, and when I looked down, I saw this guy in a Segway. I swear to God, I think he fucking juiced it up. (coughs) You know, having a cough really affects your timing. All right, you know what I need? I need a lotion. Is that somebody knocking or is that the dog? Cleo, what are you doing? Oh, my God, I'm going to have to hit fucking pause. Oh, and I didn't tell you guys this. 
as sick as I am. <coughs> Fuck! I, um... You know, one of the things when you're sick as a man, by the time you come out the other side, you have a beard, right? And there's somebody having a beard. It just makes you feel like you're homeless, right? So, <coughs> I had to shave this thing off. I'm going to try to talk through the coughs. And, um, <coughs> fucking Christ. It's fucking unreal. Um, so I go to shave this fucking thing off. <laughs> I have to hit pause. All right, I'm back. Jesus Christ, that got bad. I was going to cough up a fucking lung here. So I'm going to trim this fucking beard off. And I'm trimming the whiskers around my mouth. And my nose is stuffed up because I have a cold. So without realizing it, my mouth was a little bit open. And I was breathing through my mouth. And I inhaled a fucking whisker. And it's still in the back of my throat. <coughs> it's fucking driving me nuts. I'm eating like half a loaf of fucking bread. I can't get it out of there. So right now, <coughs> when it switches around, I already have the sore throat. Then I got this fucking whisker back there. I'm in my own living hell here. Do you know last night, I'm laying in bed. <coughs> Stop, sorry. <coughs> All right, I'm back. Jesus fucking Christ. There's something happens when I'm fucking... I, my nose gets stuffed up. I start breathing through my mouth. It dries out my throat. And then that fucking whisker starts wagging its tail back there. And I'm finished. Um... So last night, I'm laying in bed, and um, and that fucking whisker's driving me crazy. And I just, I just opened my eyes and said, fuck this. Like, you know that moment in No Country for Old Men when uh, What's-His-Face decides he's going to go back and get that dude some agua? It was like that moment, right? And I went upstairs. And I opened up this takeout food like uh, utensils. And I took out the knife. Right? And then I got some invisible tape. Or whatever the fuck you call it. You know, masking tape. You know, the fucking shit you do to wrap presents with. Whatever the fuck it's called. It's tape. And uh, I fucking tape up the handle. Right? And then I just take this fucking plastic knife with the tape on it and I just stick it down my throat because my thing is the tape is going to stick to the hair and it's going to pull out well what ended up happening was I stuck it down my throat and uh, once the tape gets wet it doesn't work I didn't realize that so I kept putting it down my throat and as I'm putting it down the, my throat, just ignoring the gag reflex, it's, it's, I'm going, wah, wah, just doing that, right? Which is also causing my tongue to become concave, which is making it harder. I need it to fucking stand strong. So I was thinking that that's the reason why I couldn't get this fucking thing. And uh, I finally just mentally was just like, I'm ignoring the gag reflex. 
And I was able to fucking mind fuck the gag reflex for a split second. And But what the result was, I made a noise that sounded like somebody else made it. It didn't even sound like my own voice. And it actually made me laugh, and then I puked. <laughs> and I got to tell you something. <coughs> the fucking hair's still back there. I can't get rid of it. So I guess I just got to eat like 90,000 fucking loaves of bread. If anybody has a solution, I looked it up. On the internet, nobody has a solution. Nobody out there. Nobody knows what the fuck you're supposed to do. All right. Um, hey, by the way, uh, I'm going to read emails at the end of this. If you'd like to send an email to this podcast, the podcast email is bill at the mmpodcast.com. And the Twitter is at the mmpodcast. All right? All right. Okay. Here we, here we go. Reactions to last week's email about keeping the name ISIS. Bill, the overwhelming majority of people said uh, that, that, that they should keep the name ISIS. Reasons varied from don't let the terrorists win to it's a great song. So there you go. Follow up to the girlfriend's breath stinks. Oh, remember a couple weeks ago? This guy met the woman of his dreams and... Um, her breath, uh, as George Carlin would say, uh, could knock a buzzard off a shit wagon. Um, he had to figure out a nice way to say that. Um, all right, Bill. I here's the follow up. Bill, I emailed a few weeks ago, ba- uh, a few weeks back, asking you what to do about my girlfriend's breath. Your advice, as well as Nia's, was taken to heart and put in action. Oh Jesus! Here we go. At first, I thought maybe giving her my iPod, saying. You have to listen to this and play the audio of you two talking about what I should do while I walked away, but I thought better of it. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't do that. You better hope she never fucking hears any of this. I never even thought of that. I'm so fucking wound up in my own bullshit. Um, he goes, anyways, I sort, of, I sort of just sat her down, told her I loved her. Very good. Uh, she was at that point was going like, all right, he's either going to break up with me or tell me that he's gay. Um, look, before we go anywhere, I just want to let you know that I love you. Oh, fuck, here it comes. What do you got, a third nipple? Um, so anyways, he says that he loves her and that I wanted her to go to the dentist because everyone should. I told her I'd pay for her first visit and then get her on my dental plan when I start work. Fortunately, she asks, Why? Does my breath stink or something? Sort of with a laugh, like she was expecting me to say no. But I kind of raised my eyebrows and shoulders and smirked a bit. Oh! Oh, and she goes, wasn't the smoothest way of doing it. And she was a little taken aback, but that was expected. She thanked me for offering to pay and told me she'd start taking better care of herself. I don't think she can do much more, though, because I did see her brush and floss all the time. Should have said that before clarifying some things. Anyways, hopefully the dentist finds out what's wrong and everything turns out all right. Thanks a bunch, and thanks, thank Nia for me, too. All right, there you go. So, um, what was I going to say? That, that's a good deal. Yeah, she... I remember hearing a story, um, I forget where the hell I heard it, but 
it, it turned out to be a sinus infection. And there's just something about like when your breath just stinks, like you just can't smell it, which makes no fucking sense. And every comic in the world has done a joke that makes no sense because your nose is right above your mouth. You ought to be smelling it all the fucking time and you can't. Um, well, thank God it worked out. Um, I was actually meaning to read uh, advertising here, but it's probably good that I read some nice emails after my previous fucking hacking up a lung there. All right. All right. Let's get back to this shit here. Oh, by the way, I bought a DVD the other day because I'm old. All right. I'm getting SoundCloud taken off my computer because I'm bold. Oh, shit. Am I rapping? Um, I actually am getting it taken off. Fucking assholes. I go to go into my fucking phone to play a song that I always play, and all of a sudden it's not available anymore. And there's a little cloud next to it now. Oh, is that what you put it? Oh, 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 thank you. Thank you for solving my fucking full phone problem without even consulting me first, you fucking weirdo. I love like they act like they're doing me a favor. Then I had to download something else to be able to do it, and it was actually going to cost me more money for this song that I already owned. Why don't you just say my phone's, your phone's full? Go move some of this shit to an external hard drive and then come back. You can download more shit. Why don't you just do that? Stop acting like you're doing me a favor by, oh, hey, I'll hold on to some of your shit. I don't know. I'm sure some fucking nerd will tell me that I'm being paranoid, but I don't think I am. So anyways... I bought Jojo Mayer's new, uh, what's well, not new, came out last year, his, um, his follow-up to uh, Secrets of the Modern Drummer, whatever the fuck it's called. And uh, this is the one, he did one a couple years ago that was about all these different, you know, molar techniques and all that type of shit. Um, molar method and all that, different grips and all that shit because he can play at blinding speeds and never get tired, Right because he's using it all efficiently. It's all f physics and that shit. So this guy, Jojo Mayer, has the fastest bass drum foot I have ever heard in my life. And I know that's saying a lot. For a single bass drum player, this guy can do three, four in a row, like... I never heard anything like it. Blew people away, and... It's basically the same kind of... Uh, like that push-pull method that you do with your, with, with, uh, with your hand, he does it with his foot and just had the discipline to sit there and do it. And I saw Steve Gadd do something like that first on his up-close video like 30 years ago, and JoJo has just taken it to a whole other level. So now he has a DVD where he breaks it down. And basically now that that knowledge is out there and that he showed everybody how to do it, I can't imagine what this next generation of drummers is going to be just from, from day one, from the day one, when you sit down to learn drums, like that information is already on video for you to watch. Like, this is why, like some of these kids I see every time I think I'm getting better at drums, there'll be some eight year old kid, not even on YouTube. Cause there's already like, you know, prodigies there's always been kids like that, but I'll just go down to guitar center or whatever. And there's always some kid in there after I play it. I think I sounded all right. If any other drummer was listening, like some kid will just sit down. I'm like, ah, you motherfucker. There's always somebody better. So anyways, that's going to be my new obsession. I mean, if you could do half the shit that this guy did, you know, just being able to play along to so many of those 
songs just growing up that it was like, oh my God, how's that guy's foot so fast? It will be a joke. Like the, like the fact that this guy, rather than just figuring out this shit himself and just hoarding it to himself and not letting anybody film him, the fact that he just shares it with everybody is so fucking cool. And it's like this total, like, it's a three DVD thing. I mean, the first one was like an hour and a half long. I don't even know how long the other ones are. One of them is just the entire history of the bass drum itself. I mean, this guy is obsessed in, in, a, uh, in a great way about the whole thing, so I highly recommend it. Um, like I said, I was laid up for fucking three, four days. And um, that's all I did was just sit there and uh, uh, I watched this thing on women in prison. And you're thinking like, all right, man, this can't be worse than guys. But, you know, oh, my God, just, you know, they just showed the blood after a fight that was on the floor between two. And they didn't even have any weapons. I mean, it looked like somebody fucking gutted a pig. Fuck it. I, I, I would never. The only way I could ever survive in prison was the second I got there would be to attack a guard and then survive the beatdown. And every time they went to take me out of the hole, I would just attack them again. And then then they finally just decide that this person cannot be around anybody else. And then I would slowly go crazy. They'd let me out once a day. My vision would end up being fucked up. You know, your eyes, actually, if they keep you in a cell long enough, that actually fucks with your vision. You lose your far-sighted ability because you don't use it anymore because you're fucking looking, <laughs> you know, you can't see beyond eight feet. Isn't that fucked? I saw something about that one time. I can't remember where. Or did maybe somebody tell me that and they had no scientific background. I have no idea, but I'm presenting it as fact. Um... What else? Uh, oh, Jesus, I'm tapering off here. Oh, and I saw a commercial for the new fucking Cadillac. Four-door fucking sedan. That's going to go 200 miles an hour. How fucking great is that? I swear to God. I swear to God. I, I think we're handling global warming perfectly. Just stay the fucking course. And when it all just, you know, whatever. When the water rises up like it is in Miami... You know, when that happens over the last bit of Greenland, you know, whatever. we had a good time. We had a good fucking time. We had a nice run. You know? Why not? 200 mile an hour sedan. Phenomenal. Um, all right, let me read a couple more of these things. I apologize for the weird breathing, the sound of my fucking cough drop, but I, I'm playing hurt this week, all right? Give me a break. Just be lucky you can't smell the Vicks vapor rub. All right, girlfriend flirting. Girlfriend flirting. Hello, Red Billy Boy. I have a question for the podcast. Um, I met a great girl six months ago. Six months ago, she's a real lady, and she prides herself on being honest and loyal. That's a red flag. Anybody who says I pride myself on being honest and loyal, I just feel like they're already fucking. Uh, that's like Roger Clemens when he used to always do the workout videos. You know, for the local TV. Look how hard he works out. And you find out he's fucking, you know, doing roids or whatever the fuck he got busted for. Here's another one I noticed. 
I watched a lot of reality TV with my wife, and she watches the fucking uh, The Apprentice, Donald Trump. This is what I learned. Anybody who uses that expression, uh, lead follower, get out of the way, right? They're they're always a fucking moron, and they're always it's they're basically saying like fucking I want you to do everything my way. That's such a moron expression lead follow or get out of the way i don't know who came up with that but it was instantly on t-shirts and i never saw anybody remotely intelligent with the t-shirt that said lead follow or get out of the way it's just that classic like i don't know i know how to do shit lead follow get out of the way fucking ian zaring was saying that this is how pathetic my life was i was watching ian zaring on, uh, it was my dog, by the way. Ian Zaring on fucking The Apprentice. And he had to come, they, his team had to come up with a jingle for some sort of new fucking Budweiser that they wanted to promote uh, down in the Caribbean. So he decides he's going to come up with a jingle. It's between him and Johnny Damon. So you know the song's going to be good, right? And he comes up with like... Uh, you know, drink fucking Budweiser, ba ba boo doo, da ba dee ba da ba doo. He just, it's La Cucaracha. And they're looking at him. And he like, he's like, I got to get away from you guys because you're singing other stuff. I need to go over here and create. And he comes back with new lyrics for La Cucaracha. Right? He fucking, he, he, he fucking vanilla iced it. And then they're like, dude, that's La Cucaracha. We can't use that. And he got all fucking pissy. So we got to use something else or whatever. And he just kept saying, lead, follow, or get a, or get out of the way. So the, 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 the project manager finally looks at him. She goes, I am leading. And he goes, well, you got to delegate. She goes, I am delegating. I need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was great. And he got all mad. He got mad, and then what time for them to present it to Donald Trump? He half-assed it. He didn't sing along. He was a big fucking baby. How can you be 50 years old to be that big of a fucking baby? It just was unreal. You gonna pout? Who the fuck pouts at 50? I didn't get my way. What, what did they take your fucking pail and shovel? Gives a fuck. Let somebody else write the song, and if it sucks, they're gonna get fired. Put your heart and soul into it. And he didn't. He acted like a cunt. And you know what? He got himself fucking booted right back to Beverly Hills. That poor bastard. You know what? If he was 10 years younger, he would have got the good hair plugs. You know? He would have. He got those late 90 ones. Oh, I'll tell you, it was a little rough one, you know? Um, what am I doing here? Uh, I met a girl six months ago. All right. Here we go. Lead follower. Get out of the way. Right? All right. Now, a few weeks ago, she said that she doesn't even flirt, which seems seemed very odd. Yeah, yeah, she's already like, she's, right, let me just recap this. She's a real lady, and she prides herself on being honest and loyal. A few weeks ago, she said she doesn't even flirt, which seemed very odd. A few days later, I heard her giggling and being very flirty with this guy she studies with. I confronted her about this, and she said this is how she always talks to him, and I'm overreacting. I let it go, since I always sometimes flirt with other girls when she's not around. This week, 
She's going on vacation with her colleagues. This guy is also going. Oh, the same guy. Oh, Jesus. I brought up the vacation subject and mentioned that in trips uh, that I have been as a single guy, there was a lot of sex and partying. Uh, She says that they don't do that and tries to change the subject. Let me guess. Is she going to hedonism down on the island there, wherever the fuck that goes down? Uh, She says, I don't think that she is cheating, but I feel that she is hiding something. She also doesn't seem very attracted to me lately, even though she says so. What's your take on this one? What do you think about flirting? Uh, thanks and go fuck yourself. Um, I think you're with a lying sack of shit who's a sociopath and they're saying all the right fucking things. Um, and it's also somebody that is hasn't found who they want to be with and they're afraid to be alone. So they just get with people and when the initial attraction wears off, they... Rather than break up, they just keep fucking lying. And I never knowingly, intentionally lied. I think you have to listen to your gut here. I think she's. I think this is the tip of the iceberg. This is only six months in. She's going on a fucking vacation with other colleagues. Dude, six months in, if this chick was into you, she'd want to go on vacation with you. She wants to go on vacation with this fucking creep she caught her flirting with after she said she doesn't flirt. When you didn't even give her shit about flirting, she went out of her way to say she doesn't flirt. Give me a fucking break. Hey, I'm a really honest and loyal person. Oh, by the way, I don't do heroin. Why, why, why did you just bring that up? Oh, you know, I'm just, just putting it out there. I don't believe in it. See, you know, all the spoons are bent. Um, that's just my gut. The way you presented it, too, by the way. You might have left some stuff out, but the way you presented it, I think she's, I think she's a fucking liar. Um. All right, P.S., thank you for sharing your honest insight, you funny bastard. I love the advice on life and women. I also don't trust banks. Oh, that's nice. All right, well, I don't trust your girlfriend. How about that? What do you say? What do you say there, huh? What do you say there? Um, You know what's funny about that? And if she actually did cheat and you confronted her about it on one of these fucking TV shows, that they would actually still, they would still somehow blame the guy. You know what I mean? I love that shit. Like how they actually, there's, there's an article somewhere on the internet. I saw it, you know, those things that they try to just get you to, to click on it. And it always works for me. You know, the top 10 bad celebrity nose jobs, the top 10 fucking gangster movies of all time, blah, 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 blah. They had the top 10 reasons women cheat. Right. So I looked it up and eight of the reasons were the guy's fault. It's the funniest fucking shit ever. Oh, another movie I saw a little bit of. Remember that movie Monster with Charlize Theron? Um, <coughs> that that movie is one of the most sexist fucking movies of all fucking time, but it'll never be called on it because it's it's going in the other direction. The fact that that is a movie about a serial killer is it's like when you look at movies about serial killers, like the Jeffrey Dahmer one, the Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. They are, they are fucking, they are monsters, right? This fucking movie, despite the fact it was called Monster, it was a goddamn love story. And they justified so much of her killing to the point when she finally gets busted. It's this big emotional moment. 
of when her her lover is is going to betray her and rat her out on the stands, and is her you know Charlize's character is sitting there crying. She's saying with her eyes like, "It's okay, baby. I understand." Do you know how fucking infuriated I would be if I was a, re- a relative, one of the actual victims of that absolute fucking lunatic serial killer? They almost made her a fucking hero. I mean, I was waiting for this Sally Field moment where she just stands up and holds uh, Union now, was, you know, for other fucking female serial killers. It was ridiculous. I don't know. I don't. I don't have any. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting very extra jaded as I get older, and I, I I'm giving a fuck less about people's complaints because I'm finding they never complain for other people. They're always bitching for themselves, right? Like, take the Oscars. Women got up there, right, and they complained that they don't get paid enough and blah, 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 blah. Now, why are they complaining? Are they complaining because it's unfair or are they complaining because it's unfair and it's happening to them? You know what I mean? Which is the reason why guys aren't complaining about it because they don't give a fuck about it because it's not happening to them. But that doesn't make women better people because women don't give a fuck about the shit that's happening to guys. Have you ever seen a woman out there that gives a fuck that there's yet another fucking man standing in a bay window looking out, seeing a FedEx or a UPS truck pulling up as he's just sitting there having a mini heart attack, thinking in his head, Jesus Christ, what the fuck did she buy now? She's spending all my fucking money. What the fuck could she have possibly bought now? She's spending it faster than I can make it. You know, what about that financial dynamic? Do they ever bring that up? Have you ever seen a woman stick up for a guy in that fucking situation? Why would they? They don't have time. They have their own fucking problems. So that's how I view it. Oh, is that what's happening to you? Ah, it sucks for you. Um, (laughs) I don't really feel that, but it's just... It's just fun to annoy people sometimes. Um, all right, let's plow ahead here. I do. I mean, look, obviously, I feel like people should make the same amount. You know, if you do the same fucking job. All right, but you know, when you're also completely fucking that same group of people over that you're bitching about in a hundred other fucking areas of life, and you choose to overlook at it, overlook it. You know what I mean? Maybe guys make more money so we can afford. To fucking get a one-bedroom apartment after you keep the fucking house during the divorce. Maybe you ever think maybe that's why we make more from per movie? <laughs> I don't know. Just for anyways, in general, just watching people complaining about being in movies is is something fucking hilarious to me. There's just something about I, I'll be ever since I went to India, it's just over. When I listen to myself complain, there's always in the back of my head, I just think of some of the shit that I saw there. And it all just becomes funny to me. Not in a disrespectful way to India, but like laughing at myself that what my complaints are. You know, when I pretend to be a cowboy, I don't make as much as you do. What size is your mansion? Um, Fat shaming help. Hey there, Billy, back on the wagon. I am back on the wagon. I mean, I had a couple of fuck. I had a glass of wine last night, but I, I have not been boozing. This is about a good boy I've been. Paul Verzi. 
the great Paul Verzi was at my house and I watched him smoke a Cuban cigar and I did not smoke one with him. And by the way, he saw the rebuild downstairs and he gave it rave reviews. Rave reviews. Rave. I'll tell you right now, I will fucking put my downstairs bathroom, I will put this bathroom up against any fucking bathroom in a five-mile radius. All right, that's saying something in L.A. There's a lot of fucking super talented people out here that they have, they got bathroom money, all right? I am at dancing monkey level, all right? <clears throat> so I took my dancing monkey money and I put it into a fucking, I'll tell you right now, there's not a day, there's not a fucking day. It's the greatest fucking thing ever. Everybody thinks you put a bathroom in for the broads. They don't fucking get, you put a steam shower in, it's fucking over. It's unreal. It's unreal. The only thing miss, missing from it is in, the, in that steam, it's just a fucking, a fucking gorgeous masseuse walks through it, you know, and finishes you off with a handy. Wouldn't that be fucking phenomenal? Can you imagine how, how much more forgiving the business world would be if every man's day started that way? Oh, just don't understand. Oh, but the church, church is against it. Can't have that happen. Can you imagine that? You know, and then you spray a little eucalyptus in the air afterwards. It's it's just, who's fighting on the subway? Nobody. And if elected, every man gets a steam shower and a handy to start the business day. All right, fat shaming. Hey there, Billy back on the wagon. Uh, love the podcast and also want to form with you and Joey Roses. I was supposed to hang out with Roses the other night. I was too sick, man. I fucking love that son of a bitch. Um, I'm 6'1 and used to weigh 370 pounds, and now I'm down to 219 pounds. You're goddamn right you are. Good for you. Dude, that's fucking insane. That is 151 pounds. If my math is correct. That is, my math is correct. Wow, man. If that, that thing that I overheard in a bar that says if you're fucking, every pound of fat is five miles of capillaries, that's like 605 miles you just took off of a road that your fucking heart has to pump every time it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. That's fucking phenomenal. Uh, I said, took me a little more than a year to lose that much, and you were a big help with that. Your podcast makes working out fun. After all, what could be more fun than old Billy boys screaming about nerds or the government? More than that, your fat shaming always makes me work a little bit harder. And I had never noticed the way I'd get derailed by sugar and salt combo that you frequently talk about. Uh, for a functionally illiterate, angry head case, you drop quite a bit of knowledge, my friend. I'm telling you, well, look, I do the same thing everybody else does. I fucking yo-yo up and down, but I keep it within a 20-mile 20 mile, a 20 pound thing. Like I went back up to a buck 84, it's down to 168. That's my wheelhouse, 168, 172. I went all the way back up to like fucking a buck 84. And I'm disgusted with myself. And uh, I'm back down to, uh, what is it, like one, uh, 178, 179. So I dropped five pounds. And this is what I do. I just, I just immediately, I, 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 um, I actually will go to the gym because there, if I just get on a fucking elliptical, all right, 
for 45 minutes and then do the five minute cool down. I just start doing that every fucking day and it fucking sucks for the first three days. The first three days. And that first fucking night when you stop eating around five or six and you just had a protein with a salad and then you just crushing waters for the rest of your night. Okay. But you got that sugar and salt. You're fucking addicted to it because you've been eating it. Let's go and get some ice cream, get a burger, order a pizza, go make yourself some eggs. You just have to fight through that. So like I'm on it right now. So what I do is I have, uh, I have celery and turkey slices. And even then a lot of those, that turkey slice will have a lot of salt in it. So I kind of limit that, but I just, uh, I'll put a little peanut butter on a fucking the, the piece of celery just shove those things down. Your, I mean, fucking eating celery is like eating air. And uh, all you got to do is just make it through the first night. And the next night is way easier as far as the food thing goes. But cardio sucks for three days for me. And then after that, then I'm fucking addicted to it, which is how I got sick because I knew I was feeling run down. And I still went and did another fucking 50 minutes. Walked out of the gym. The wind was blowing. I don't got a lot of fucking shingles on the roof anymore. And next thing you know, I got a bola. But anyways, that is a big thing is not only acknowledging your sugar salt addiction, but understanding how it affects you. Because I would think just like everybody, it affects everybody differently. But like knowing like, like the other day I was just so, I was, I was trying to eat well as long as I could through trying to beat this cold. And then finally I just had enough. And I just was like, fuck this man. I just want a pizza. And I ordered a pizza and... I remember thinking, all right, I'm eating this at night. This is all salt. It's going to send my salt through the fucking roof. And then tomorrow morning, I'm either going to want more salt with a big fucking eggs and sausages and that shit, or I'm going to go the other direction. And for some reason, like, I don't know why. I just feel like I want a waffle. Yeah, because I ate a whole fucking pizza the night before. And it's literally, it's like people who fucking drink booze because they did too much Coke. And you're trying to even yourself off. And what you really need to do is just wake up knowing that you're going to be craving those things and you plow through it and you just make the oatmeal instead and you shovel that shit down and within three spoonfuls, your body will start to fucking level out and you'll re-remember that, oh, food is supposed to energize me, not drag me down to the fucking mat. And if you can remember that, for me anyways... That's how I was able to keep, I like, I've gone down to a buck 68, like probably four times since I moved out to LA. And this time I stayed within 168, a buck 72 for almost a year, year and a half. And I used to, when I would get down, it'd take me like six months to get down to that level. And then the second I got down to that level, I would reward myself with the fucking cheeseburger. And I would like, hey, I've been sober six months. Let me go shoot up some heroin to, to fucking celebrate. You do, I'm doing the exact same thing. And then you just fucking, you're right back, you know, chasing the dragon, man. And then I would just, I mean, Jesus Christ, you could put it back on, you know, six months to take it off, put it back on in six weeks. And I would, uh, I would fight it, but it would take me like, you know, two and a half months. I'd be right back to a buck eight. Like the most depressing fucking number, that second number is when I see that eight. I, I just I just refuse to fucking be above a buck eighty. 
um, with my build and everything. So I'm at least back down to, you know, 179, 178 or something. I'm going to start working out again tomorrow, going right back on the fucking elliptical. And uh, I'm going to try to have the discipline this time to actually get a truly, like, try to get my six-pack back one last fucking time before I slide into 50. And just the level of discipline and the understanding of nutrition that I'm going to have to have. I really want to fucking do it. And I told you, I'm going to do this bit. I'm so sick of fucking people who book movies and then they get upset that fucking Hollywood tells them to work out. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's like, you're going to be in a fucking movie and then the people are going to put a mil- millions of dollars into this thing. They're trying to not lose money. They're trying to get their money back. You know, I'm not giving anybody sh- I know it's hard to lose weight, and for other people, it's, it's harder. But for you to fucking complain that somebody wants you to look good in a movie or to look your best, it, it once again, it's fucking ridiculous. So um, those people that are, you know, fucking Brad Pitt's in his 50s. The guy still has, you know, abs. Like the level of dedication that is. And fuck you, he's got his own personal chef. I don't give a fight a personal chef and be like, make me some waffles, man. I mean, I would. What's he going to say? No. Telling you, it's a fucking discipline and I, and I don't have it. I have the discipline to get to within about eight pounds of it. And then I just, I give in to like the, uh, hey man. I'm like, I'm a buck 68. I'm like 17 pounds away from where the fuck I just was. I'm going to have a burger. I'm going to have a fucking bud tall with this burger. I, dude, I go off the rails. It's the worst. So this time I'm going to try and, uh, I'm going to try to see this one through, which is why I'm saying this out loud. So, because I figure you guys will be checking in in a month or so to see how I'm doing and give me shit if I don't or heckle me on the road. And if fatty freckles, whatever the hell you're going to say. So anyways, just getting back to this guy. Uh, anyways, I still need to lose another 20 pounds or so, but I'm less worried about that than I am with gaining it all back. This is where I need some more help from old freckles there. Oh, you know what? I think I just brought it up here. I was hoping you could give me some fat shaming on the podcast that I could use for inspiration if I start to gain some of the weight back. Basically, if you could just give me some version of self-talk in the mirror when you start to gain weight that would be amazing uh as always go fuck yourself hey this is what you do like you know how much work it took you you know what i would do i would write down i would write down the amount of months i would write the amount of days the amount of hours and write down to the minutes that you had to work to get down and then just write just something to motivate yourself. You know, are you gonna give it? Are you gonna give it all back, you stupid cunt? You know, don't give it back. Don't. And you know, when what happens? You're gonna put that on your wall or on your bathroom mirror, and this is what's gonna happen. All right, that's gonna motivate you for about six days. And then what's gonna happen is it's just be it's gonna be a part of you brushing your teeth. And it's not going to hold the same meeting. So what you have to do is you have to constantly be updating that. All right. And you basically, you got to get yourself into the fucking mindset. Like you're not, you're not giving it back. All right. So this is what I would do. 
okay? There's going to be holidays. There's going to be birthdays. There's going to be, you know, the night out or whatever, okay? But this is what you got to do. I, if I would weigh myself every morning. So you don't, you don't fucking not weigh yourself, you know, for months on end. Cause that's all of a sudden how you get 40 pounds, 40 pounds behind the fucking eight ball, right? You weigh yourself every day. And if you went out and you know, you ate bad or whatever, you decided to treat yourself. All right. You're going to be a couple pounds over. Okay. Then you got to have discipline. Like I got to get back down to where the fuck I was. And then you have to have a number that is, it's just unacceptable. Like with me, it's a buck 80, unacceptable. When I see that eight, it's fucking over. I don't give a shit if it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. Well, who's kidding who I'm fucking eating Thanksgiving, but like it's, it's done. Um, what did you say your weight was here? You were 370. So now you're down to 219. All right. Um, so I would just say when that second number is three, that's it. That's it. Shut it down. Shut it down. And I'm telling you, you give yourself that small of a fucking window, you got that small of a fucking journey back. And what happens is, as you know, I, I have friends who have weight issues. What happens is, is when they start putting it back on, that self-loathing, I fucking hate myself, I fucking hate myself. And they, you know, they just haven't learned that skill yet to just fucking grab that demon by the throat and fucking choke slam it and just just turn it back around. Before you go 100 miles in the wrong direction and now you got to go 100 back, that's a 200-mile trip. You can get 10 miles down the fucking road, turn it right back to 20 miles, no big deal. All right? So... You just really have to be like, listen, like for me to sit there and act like I'm going to be 219 for the rest of my fucking life and never go up a little bit or maybe go down a little bit is fucking nuts. Um, and for me to act like I'm never going to fucking have a piece of pie or, you know, some comfort food is, is ridiculous. But you just have to have like those be special things that you do and you have to learn how to live at that weight. And I would actually, now that you're down at 219, whatever you did, I would also be always looking for some new way to work out. You know, a fucking boxing gym, a hike, bike riding, swimming, anything you can do. Because the same way that note on your on your fucking bathroom mirror just becomes part of your day and you, 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 you just get bored. Um, if you get bored with your workout, that gets dangerous. Because, you know, you don't, you never get bored eating. You just, there's always, you know, you know, it's funny. You always go, oh, Jesus, what, what kind of Tootsie Rolls are these? Let me try these. You're always doing that. You got to do the same thing with like your fucking, your workouts. There, I'm done fucking preaching, all right? This podcast is getting ridiculously long. Dude, that re- that actually, what you just did is is inspire me to go to the fucking gym tomorrow, man. Good for you, dude. That's re- that's an, un- I've never had to try to lose weight for over a, for, uh, over a year, um, that's unbelievable. So, dude, you work that fucking hard, man. You can't do that. You can't give that back. You just can't. You can't. And you have to keep reminding yourself in a new way. All right? Make yourself proud. Don't fuck yourself over. All right. Sleazy douche. Aye, Bill. This guy's from Scotland or he's a fucking pirate. Longtime listener. Love your shit. Saw you both times in Sydney. Please help. All right. Maybe he's a Scot from Sydney. I don't know. Maybe he's like Bond Scott, right? Ah, <coughs> oh, fuck. All right. 
There's this fucking cunt. He grew up with my girlfriend. <laughs> this is why I love Australia. What a way to start a fucking thing. There's this fucking cunt. He grew up with my girlfriend as the lovable, sleazy guy that everyone tolerates. Oh, you got to hate that dude. That's just, that's just insert, that's just so-and-so, that's how he is, they say. So recently, he commented on a photo of my girlfriend leaning forward and unintentionally showing some cleavage on Facebook, and I can't stop thinking about wanting to slap him. All he wrote uh, was, Jesus, but what kind of cocksucker thinks it's okay to comment on someone's ladies in a... Uh, someone else's lady in a public forum. Any idea on how I can satisfy my desire to write this situation without making it too uncomfortable for my girl? Uh, thanks and go fuck yourself. Um, all right. Well, first things first, I think your assessment of this person, everybody knows this person. Uh, secondly, I don't know how you know how your girlfriend accidentally leans forward and unintentionally shows too much cleavage. This wasn't a video somebody else took that was shot live. This is a photo. I'm guessing she uploaded it, so she was all right with it. How do you accidentally... Oops, is that my ball bag? I Now I have to upload it, you know what I mean? Um, I don't understand why, uh, why this person is uh, in her life. Or in anybody's life. Um, there's a bunch of different ways you can go with this. You can go... Uh, I don't know. What, what do you do? I mean, I, 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 I want you to say something to the guy. But I, I don't think it's going to work, though. I mean, if this is a movie, you walk up and you slap him in the face. Right? And then you, your girlfriend appreciates you and then uh, reciprocates uh, physically. But we know that's not how the world works, don't we? So, um, and we also know you can't, you can't blame your girlfriend. So, uh, what do you do? Jesus Christ, this is a fucking quagmire. I thought this was going to be easy. This is goddamn quicksand here. So recently he commented on the photo. Um, you know, he's a fucking jerk off. Why waste your fucking time? This is what you do. You know what? This is what you do. You just put that in the old memory bank, Right? The next time you're out there playing Aussie rule footballs and he, he's on the other fucking team, right? And I say footballs, Aussie rule, Aussie rules, right? Maybe I was, that was actually me. That was a Freudian slip about fucking kicking him right in the balls. Uh, you take him out. That's what you do. Or you just wait. You, you, you pick your fucking, this might be one of those ones where you lay back, right? You pick your fucking spot. And, uh, you know, when the time is fucking right, you make your point. You look him right in the eye and you, you, you fucking, you make your point. Who knows? If he pushes you, you get to slap him and you don't look like an asshole. Right? Was that all right? I don't know. For some reason, that guy really fucking annoyed me. I might have given you bad advice because I kind of got to uh, let my emotions get the best of me there. All right. Let me read another couple of fucking uh, ads here and then we can wrap this thing up. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. I would bank that one. I would bank that one. Um... Worst case scenario, I would ask your girlfriend, like, why is this jerk off in your social social circle? And just hear her out and be like, all right, why? Why? What's wrong? Because uh, I, I think he's not a good person. I think he's a dirtbag. 
Like, why do you say that? Well, because he's commenting about your boobs. Oh, well, that was just... And just be like, all right. Then you just leave it at that. You said your thing to her, and then whatever. Ah, then that sucks. Then if you fucking slap him in a bar, you establish motive with her from the conversation that you know she's not going to forget. That's a tough one. You might have to go fucking psycho on this one. You might have to just... It's never good when you keep it to yourself. Ah, fuck it. Keep it to yourself. Just don't fucking do physical harm to him. But a nice bitch slap, a nicely timed bitch slap, that could be a good thing. Next time he says something, oh, dude, that would be hilarious. The next time he's out and everybody's sitting around all coupled up and he's just the fucking jerk off, right? And he makes some sort of rude comment. Slap him across the face. Not hard where you'd like actually do physical damage. Just slap him in the face like you would a kid. And then you point right in his face and just be like, hey, behave yourself. Like whatever a parent would say to like an eight-year-old. And just leave it at that. (laughs) And even if everybody thinks you're a psycho, at the end of the day, you still did it. And you know what? Even if he is a cunt... He's going to watch his fucking mouth around you. That's more fucking belittling than getting punched in the face. If someone just fucking just, you know, what if you just grabbed him? You know, your mother used to grab you on either side of your cheeks and she'd fucking, you know, she'd grab you. I can't, I don't know how to explain it. She'd just pinch in both of your cheeks and then your fucking fish puckered up. Your fish, your lips puckered up like fish lips. He's fucking grabbed you and she'd wag her finger right in your face. Just give him one of those. Something real parental and humiliating. Oh, Cleo! Get up on the bed. What's up, buddy? Huh? This fucking dog. I really hung out with you for the last four days, and I realized that you sleep 12 hours a night and four hours during the day. You get up to to go to the bathroom or eat or to come up on the bed and be pet, and that's it. You know what? You got no goals. Fucking perfect, man. All right. Uh, so, yes, we have no bananas. That's the name of the tour. The uh, the Billy Bible Belt Tour. We had the Billy Red State Tour. Um, keep staying with the Billy name. Billy Bible Belt. I thought about Billy Bob's Bible Belt. Something, something south, but no. Billy Bible Belts. Old Freckled Fury is coming through the south. I thought about Berman's March. You know, no, I can't do that because that's going to, I can't rub it into their faces that not only did we win the Civil War, but we committed war crimes. You know, was that a war crime? Well, we won, right? Well, that's it. Um, I did a Night of Too Many Stars, so look for that. I did a little bit of stand-up on that. And uh, Martha Stewart just stared at me the entire time, which was uh, was unsettling, you know? When you see somebody famous in the crowd, you want them to at least acknowledge that you're there and maybe laugh because you think that they know something when they have a fucking empire. She wasn't feeling it. Um, all right. John Stewart hosts who's the greatest fucking guy ever in this business. So in tribute of him and all his great work that he did on The Daily Show, this is your moment of zen. This is my dog getting a back rub.
Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. The materials used to make just one long range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places.